0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager. Let's
1: go, man! Bear it I'll do. It. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis
2: Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, I called it a Coors Field game. You know how they play those high-scoring baseball games in Denver? Well, the 49ers played a high-scoring baseball game in Denver, which means that it was an ugly football game. They lose to the Broncos 11-10. to and there's a lot to unpack in this game. Uh, I think the overarching summary is that the 49ers got Russell Wilson, that they've gotten Russell Wilson so many times now. He was 17-4 with Seattle against the 49ers, so now he's 18-4 and overall. Uh, Russell was getting booed off the field. So the, the, the entire Denver offense was, was getting booed off the field multiple times in this game. They managed only 3.7 yards per play, yet they found a way to beat the 49ers. And the way they did it, Matt, was because the 49ers' offense, was somehow, someway, despite the fact they were decently efficient for about a half, managed to be situationally worse than Seattle. And uh, <laughs> I keep on saying Seattle. It's funny. Than Denver, but it felt like those Seattle days, though. The 49ers were 1 of 10 on third down. They opened 0 of 9 on third down, and it all added up to Denver actually running 70 plays, even though they were so bad offensively. And uh, all those giveaways, all the you know screw-ups in the 49ers just wore their own defense out. Russell Wilson took his little sliver of daylight and beat them there at the end of the game.
3: Yeah, I think that's a very easy Freudian slip to make because it, it played out like so many Russell Wilson games of the past where you think you've got this guy uh, penned up, and, and you do for most of the game, but all, all it takes is a sliver. And you've got to... You got to be able to knock them out when you can and uh, you know the the 49ers defense did uh, played a heroic game Um, and uh, they got no help from the offense I mean this was a game in which the 49ers committed three turnovers as well as a safety and yet only lost 11 to 10 I mean if you read those those stats and they, they got no takeaways on their own uh, you, you you see those stats and you think, oh, the, the 49ers just got blown out of the building. That would be a, a blowout score, but it, it wasn't. And that, that, that shows you, Dennis, just how well the defense played, how consistent they were uh, in this game. It was a lot like the Chicago game. You didn't have the, the penalties, you didn't have the elements, but, boy, you let an inferior team hang around long enough for them to, to uh, make you pay for it uh, what are your thoughts coming out of the game
1: you've hit it right on the head I mean you have a defense that is just balling I mean you think about this defense they gave up nine points you shut you shut a team down but yet you lose a football game and you know and and, and it's it's just one of those things I mean you you your offense is 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 was just so inefficient and it did feel like that Chicago game and I think Kyle Shanahan said it that you know your defense is playing great, and you you can't put points on the board. If if your defense is shutting out a team, as an offense, you got to put points on the board. But at the beginning of this football game, you know that first drive. I mean, I was just like, whoa, here we go. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's back in he, he's back in the saddle. He like he said, it's like riding a bike. You don't forget. Um, and he's, you know, you, you go down the field, you've got some good plays. Jeff Wilson Jr.'s were running well in that last pass or that touchdown pass, that little crossing route or that pick route, which was an illegal play, but 49 got away with it. I mean, it was like, here we go. It's going to be a high-scoring game. You know, I know I predicted 34 points in this football game, and I was thinking at that point, yeah, this is going to be a high-scoring game. And then the defense to go out and just go three and out consistently, consistently. Uh, and you see Russell Wilson and this, you know, this team, this Denver team has been booed twice at home and they've won twice at home. So I think, you know, that that's going to be the, the new thing. They're going to start booing the football team so they can win the game. But I mean, if you're, if your defense is only giving up nine points, I mean, you, you got to win those football games. I mean, you got to put as an offense, you got to put more than nine points on the scoreboard. You know, if your defense is holding like that, but it is a team sport, you know, you win together, you lose together. But at some point, You know this defense is gonna get frustrated if they keep going out and pitching shutouts like they've been doing i mean you can blame the defense you gave up that 80 yard that that 80 yard uh touchdown drive but uh you know this team again they only gave up nine points in this football game and that was it and so you should win the football game so You know, lights out uh, defense and, you know, light never came on on offense.
2: Yeah, I I just look at it as a matter of overexposure of the defense. And that's how Russell Wilson gets you because he's not good from the pocket. He's, He's an average quarterback when he just sits there in the pocket. He's great when he starts moving around and when defenses get tired because he can really start to play to his strengths. And when the 49ers were... Fresh defensively, they kept that disciplined pocket on Russell Wilson. You saw how bad the short game was for Denver. He's throwing the ball into the ground. He couldn't see guys. He's only completed two passes this season uh, that have traveled more than 10 yards in the air over the middle of the field. That, that shows you the struggles for this Denver offense and Russell Wilson from the pocket. And the 49ers were, you know— Feeding right into that, they 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 were setting their defense up while they're fresh in this game uh, to to take advantage of those Denver struggles. But w- you look at altitude, five thousand two hundred eighty feet. They'll remind you at every corner at Denver that you're at Mile High Stadium. I mean, it says five thousand two hundred eighty feet everywhere. It probably has a little bit of a psychological placebo effect as well on on players, but. Uh, in those circumstances and in, in any NFL circumstance, you just don't want to overexpose your defense because it is tiring to play defense, as I'm sure Dennis knows. And 70 plays in a game like that where you're dominating the way that the 49ers defense was, that's just way too many plays to be out on the field. For Again, for comparison's sake, the 49ers only ran 52 plays. And they were more efficient offensively than Denver for the vast majority of this game. And they only managed 52 plays. So just, just think of it from a probability standpoint. Russell Wilson pulls rabbits out of his hat, right? Russell Wilson is the Houdini act escape artist. If he only has 52 plays instead of 70, that's 18 fewer plays with which he can conjure magic. And I think that would make a huge difference in a game that you lose by one point. So why do the 49ers run 18 fewer plays? Well, it's because Jimmy Garoppolo fumbled a snap. From Jake Brendel early in the second half it's because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped out of the back of the end zone Kyle Shanahan actually blamed blamed himself on that he said he shouldn't have uh, allowed a free rusher shouldn't have called a play that allowed a free rusher in the end zone probably a good point from Kyle Shanahan Uh, Jeff Wilson fumbled at the end of the game Garoppolo forced a pass to Debo Samuel Garoppolo missed one uh, two to Debo he missed Debo once just didn't see him on the wheel route and then he underthrew Debo another wheel route so I mean there were positive plays from Jimmy there were positive plays from the offense but at too many of these junctures they just missed Matt and those misses especially if the defense isn't picking up any takeaways of their own those add up to this massive imbalance and Russell Wilson feasts on imbalances like that because he feasts on tired defenses. That's when he could take his game and move it out of the pocket, move to off-schedule stuff, and he moves from being a remarkably average quarterback in the pocket to one of the greatest of all time when he's running around. And And the 49ers did not play this game on their terms uh, because their offense couldn't uh, couldn't shield their defense appropriately.
3: And One of the, the strange things about the, these last two games is that Garoppolo comes off the bench against the Seahawks, um, you know, ha- hasn't played in the offseason, hasn't played in the preseason, didn't even warm up, uh, and, and looks totally in sync with the offense and, and leads the team to a victory. Um, then has the whole week to practice and then looks entirely out of sync. Um, sloppy is the word that he used a couple of times. Uh, aside from that, that first quarter drive, that, that uh, I guess it was the, the second drive of the game looked really crisp and uh, the 49ers looked like themselves, and it looked like a a continuation of uh, Week 2, and then it it just fell apart. So I I don't understand how it could fall apart that dramatically, how Garoppolo can go from looking really good in Week 2 to looking terrible in Week 3. And Dennis, I, I was asked on KNBR, uh, this morning, was that the worst uh, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> performance that you've seen? And I thought the, the first game that came to mind was, was last year's game against the uh, the Colts uh, in the rain. And I thought Garoppolo was, was very poor in that one. Obviously, there was a, a mitigating circumstance. And then I remember that David had written about the Miami game uh, in which uh, Garoppolo got the hook. But I think he was hurt in that game, too. So there was a mitigating c- circumstance as well. I mean, to you, where does that, <laughs> where does that performance uh, 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 in Denver stack up in the pantheon of uh, of Garoppolo stinkers?
1: Well, it's interesting because when when I look at the game last night, to me, it felt like a a normal Jimmy Garoppolo football game. I mean, he's going to throw everything in between the hashes. Nothing's going to go very deep. Nothing too flashy. He's gonna he's gonna turn the ball over. He's gonna throw a pick. Uh, and, you know, he's going to miss, you know, wide open receivers down the field. Uh, he's going to throw low. He's going to throw high. I mean, it, it looked like, to me, an average Jimmy Garoppolo game. And I think that's why, you know, he's so limited. I think that's why, um, you know, you, you know Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they go out and try to find a Trey Lance because he's so limited. And I think you get what you get with Jimmy. I mean, if you got a running game, your running game's clicking. Uh, And, you know, he can spread the ball around. He can set up play action. I think he's great. But, you know, what teams do? I mean, this is probably the best defense they faced um, this season. I mean, this short season, three weeks. I mean, this is not Seattle's defense. It's not the Browns. I mean, this was a good defense. Some good pass rushers. And we saw that offensive line, especially the tackles after Trent, Trent Williams went down, got exposed a little bit. But Jimmy Garoppolo needs a good run game. You know, he needs a great run game. He have got to run the ball 30, 40 times a game, and it sets him up so he can sit in the pocket, because he is a pocket passer, and throw that that short stuff and let, you know, guys get 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 yards after the catch. So to me, and when we talked about it last night, it, it just felt like a normal Jamie Garoppolo. And, and the interception didn't surprise me. He tried to squeeze it in with three, three defenders. I mean, th- that's what he does, you know, and he's going to fumble the ball. He's going to turn the ball over. That's what he does. He's going to miss... You know, Debo down the sidelines, wide open. He's gonna miss it. That's what he does. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. But you know, again, we go back to his record. I mean, he's won these. I mean, even into fourth quarter, that last drive. I figure, okay, here we go. Jimmy's gonna drive the team down the field, get him in field goal range, and Robbie goes gonna win this football game. I was, I was convinced that's the way it was gonna go down. And then Jeff Wilson fumbles the ball. But you know, I wasn't surprised with his performance. And you know, after the game, he said it. He felt a little rusty. But, you know the week before he said it was like riding a bike so this is just a, it was just a tougher defense and guess what this week it gets even tougher with the rams coming in so it's it but jimmy kind of knows how to how to play against the rams but it, his his performance did not surprise me It just looked like normal jimmy performance to me
0: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover
2: To be fair, normal Jimmy performances—it's not like they're—they're they're all bad. He—I thought the worst play was when he forced it into Debo Samuel. I didn't think it was necessary to force the ball at that point. Jonas Griffith, the former 49ers rece- uh linebacker, was the one who caught the, the deflection. So they—they they traded him away at the end of training camp last year. He had actually intercepted both Garoppolo and Lance during training camp, but um, yeah, that—that th- that throw was your—you know you get at least one of those a game, the what the heck is, is Garoppolo seeing or thinking kind of throw. But, you know, I would, you know, add on to all that Dennis was saying and continue, And I want to continue the theme that we talked about this past week. The first half 49ers offense uh, wasn't the usual Jimmy Garoppolo offense that we had seen in the past, that they opened it up a, a little bit, just like we had talked about, just like Jimmy Garoppolo had said uh, that he wanted Kyle Shanahan to do. they, they There were shots downfield. There were shots outside the numbers. He was accurate outside the numbers to check to Juwan Jennings in the second half. Shanahan actually, after the game, said, you know, I thought that we hit our, our rhythm in the first half. We wanted to take some of those shots downfield. There was the one to Ayuk, uh, that set up the big Jeff Wilson run on the touchdown, and obviously then they ran that little uh, kind of pick play that, that might have been a penalty, but they didn't call it um, to score the touchdown. So uh, there there was this aggressive rhythm that they did find in the first half on first and second down, but obviously never found it on third down. And historically, the offense under Garoppolo has been good on third down. They were atrocious on third down. Jimmy, he seemed like a deer in the headlights on third down. It seemed that whenever the 49ers had their backs against the wall yesterday in those third down situations, they couldn't get it done. And, Matt, to me, those are are huge swings on third down because you can either demoralize a defense on third down or you could demoralize yourself. And nine times in a row, the 49ers demoralized themselves. They kept on failing on third down, and they were never able to – You know, if you do succeed on third down and you do, you know, hurt that defense's confidence a little bit, get them disappointed they can't get off the field, that's when you could start building offensive rhythm. And I think, you know, we're talking about why couldn't the 49ers find offensive rhythm? I think it's that right there. They delivered some punches, but they all came on first and second down. They didn't come when you could psychologically tilt things in your advantage on third down. And that's why I think that Garoppolo and the offense really failed.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how you get into a rhythm is that you convert third downs and it starts to uh, become very natural and you wear down the, the defense and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, for some reason, the, it just wasn't happening. You know, Garoppolo w- was pointing to his lack of a uh, prep. I mean, it's just a different uh, season for him having not gone through a spring session a training camp or a preseason um, but you know for 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 me it wasn't just the one uh, what the heck is he thinking throw uh, on the pass to Debo that was picked off by Jonas Griffith I mean I, I thought that there were several in the game um, his first third down pass was batted away by DJ Jones and I think DJ Jones really saved Garoppolo's bacon on that because he was going to George Kittle. George Kittle, A, was well covered on the play, and B, there was a safety reading his eyes, and you can see it from the uh, the back of the end zone cam really well. Um, gives you sort of uh, the, the quarterback's point of view. The, the the safety is breaking on it, and he reacts like, oh, man, if that ball hadn't been batted down, I'd be in the end zone right now because I think, I think it would have been a pick six. Uh, so there was that um, near miss or uh, near uh, colossal failure. And then there was the, the safety one. And I know that uh, uh, Shanahan uh, took the blame for it, but this was a, a second down play. And um, you know the quarterback has to know where the, where the end line is. And he has to have the, the awareness to know that he's walking out of the end zone. And then the other part of it is that he threw a pick six on that play, too. Of course, it got rubbed out by the safety, but again, it's only second down. That was a very risky ball to throw. It was uh, basically a jump ball to Jeff Wilson at the five-yard line. Jeff Wilson is, is what, six feet? And, and Bradley Chubb was right there, and he's, what, six 6'4". Uh, so, of course, Chubb comes down with the ball. My point is that in that situation, just chuck it out of bounds. You never see Garoppolo do that. He's always trying to force the ball... Into tight spaces, um, and, uh, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it's disaster. And more often than not, on, on Sunday night, it was disaster.
1: Here's my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I, I understand that you know this was a weird off season, uh, but it wasn't like it, it was a whole year, a whole football season. He was a starting quarterback, and he was a starting quarterback in the NFC Championship game. You know, at the end of the season. Now, you know, he yeah, off season was weird. You know, had the surgery. You know, he comes in last week. And like I said, he says it's like riding a bike. I mean, he's been doing this. He is a professional quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's what he does. And then, you know, he said it wasn't an excuse. But then he talked about missing time thrown off to the side. Right. And he just couldn't get into rhythm and things like that. So. And I think you're right. I mean, that's how the offense gets into a rhythm is is converting third downs. And for some reason, they could not do it. And it, w- it was tough to watch to go three and out. And and I'm sure that defense was worn out. But again, this was a good defense. Not to take away from Denver. Denver's a good defense. And, you know, it, I think it all kind of imploded after, you know, that fumble and then it was the safety. And then, you know, that the safety Trent Williams goes down and then. All of a sudden, you know, Jordan Moore or uh, what is it? Who's a guard? Who's a tackle out Jaylen there? Jalen Moore. Jalen Moore. I mean, he was just getting torched. And then, then uh, you know, then the other cat comes in and he's getting torched. And McGlinchey was getting beat all day long. So, you know, he wasn't protected well. I mean, he was running around back there. And he didn't look comfortable in the pocket. So, you know, McKivitz was that other tackle I was thinking about. So, you know, but like I said... I mean this is this is tough on the defense because you've played light lights lights out defense. You shut down offense. Um but your offense can't put points on the board. So it becomes you get very frustrating. You know, and your special teams is not helping you out. So this defense is being is, is being stra- I mean it's, it's stressed. I mean you I mean you can do it every single week, but it'd be great one week if your offense can put up, you know, 30 40 points and you can shut a team out. So it becomes really frustrating, but I'll say it again. I think it's just Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, like I, I really thought he was going to pull this game out, and you know, in, in true Jimmy fashion, he throws, you know, uh, you know, a pick six that's that's called back because it's a safety. Fumbles the ball, but he drives the team down the field in the fourth quarter and wins the football game. That's how I thought it was gonna is gonna it was gonna end last night, but it didn't happen. But to me it it just felt like a normal Jimmy performance. And you know, Kyle talked about his offense. And I don't know, you know, do we we talk about him being this offensive genius, but then all of a sudden we see that, you know, teams can really can really focus on what works and then kind of shut the team down. I mean, it was very clear that Denver was focusing on Debo. Whatever formation he's in, they did the film study and they said, guess what? He is getting the football. But he's not. Gonna, he's. Gonna, you're not going to beat us with Debo tonight. Not tonight. And that's what they did. They shut down the run game, which was huge. Shutting down Debo. So, and then after that, the offense was was really nothing. It was on Jimmy, and we know what Jimmy's going to do. He's going to threat you. He's going to. He's going to threaten you deep down the field. It's going to be all the stuff in between the hashes. So let the, let guys catch it, and make tackles. So, you know, I, I think you know, Kyle kind of took a little bit of blame. It was it was on him too, and I don't know if that's his because the defense was so good or if you're limited with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback so well it's 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 a rhythm offense it, it it always has
2: been with Shanahan and with Garoppolo so you have to have all the pieces clicking and that's just that's why the 49ers can look so good and so bad simultaneously in one game right not simultaneously but they look so good and so bad within the course of one game I still remember the Tennessee game last year they opened up I mean it looked like you know a piece of art the offense over those two touchdown drives and then they they just hit a wall because one of the cogs falls out of place and then everything kind of grinds to a halt that's why I think Kyle Shanahan wanted the mobility of Trey Lance because even if you're not in rhythm you can buy some yardage you can extend some plays the 49ers are in this situation where right now yeah Garoppolo can be really precise and everything could be orchestrate it with great timing if they're in rhythm, but what something is one step off. Uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden the team is playing behind the eight ball because of a turnover, you name it, all of a sudden what was a really pretty offense uh, looks a whole lot rougher. So they need to rediscover that rhythm. So we're talking about ways to rediscover the rhythm. We mentioned earlier, you, you just have to find a way to execute some of those third downs. And, you know, big picture, let's go back to last year. They were out of rhythm, right? And then they go be, beat the Rams on – Monday Night Football. Well, the Rams are coming back to to Levi Stadium on Monday Night Football, and the 49ers are currently out of rhythm offensively. How did they do it last year against L.A.? They were killer on third down. So whether it's just more... It's funny because we're talking about arm fatigue now for Jimmy Garoppolo. He said he needs to get his arm in better shape, in <laughs> better game shape. But whether it's it's him working out over the course of the week or knocking off some of that rust because of the game action that he's already seen or if it's because of Kyle Shanahan uh, calling something a little bit better than he did against Denver, whatever it is, Jimmy Garoppolo making better decisions, I don't care what it is. But something has to happen for the 49ers to tilt the scale of rhythm in their favor on Monday, just like they did last year against the Rams. And and to me, that's the big picture outlook here. They're one and two. They played three of 17 games. There are 14 games remaining. Their defense, obviously, is really, really good, really talented. Their defense can be great if it gets just enough offensive support. And Matt, the bar is not that high because the defense is so good. So, the, you know, they talked about setting up runway for Trey Lance. Well, they have runway now for Jimmy Garoppolo on the offense. You just have to clear what, to me, looks like a fairly low bar. And if you do that, then you're in a position to where you could still be a good football team with 14 games to go.
3: Well, nothing gets the 49ers right quite like playing the Rams. And, um, you know, nobody has bigger games against the Rams than Debo Samuel. And and Dennis is right. I mean, the Denver had... Debo Samuel's number. Uh, look, look at his rushing numbers. Five carries for six yards. 1.2-yard average. Um, and his long was three. That's got to be his, uh, his lowest long of, of his career. I haven't looked it up, but I'm willing to bet that that's, uh, in any game that Debo has uh, run the ball significantly three yards has got to be his his longest or, or his lowest uh long carry and um you know it, it, dennis is right i mean uh, we're probably not giving the denver defense enough credit here um we were we were talking uh last week about just all the teams that run the 49ers offense uh these days a lot more than when shanahan uh came here in 2017 because of all the assistants uh, that are now head coaches and. Hackett um, is not in that category, but he runs this, this offense. Uh, so the Denver defense, which is already talented, um, faced it from, from, from May through August. Uh, so nothing that the 49ers did took them by surprise. I thought uh, Denver particularly did a good job in taking away anything to the outside, which is where the 49ers want to run Debo Samuel. They don't want to run him up the middle, Expose him to big hits. Uh, they want to run him to the outside and, and, and get some of those big gash plays uh, that he's so good at. And those were just not there. And even even sort of the, the short dumps. Dennis is right. Even, um, you know, plays designed, uh, you know, short throws to Debo Samuel designed to pick up a lot of yak. It just wasn't happening um, a, a, against the uh, the Broncos. The Not a lot of yak yardage for either Samuel or George Kittle. Uh, and that's that's what the 49ers rely on that's part of this rhythm thing that we're talking about you get into a rhythm with uh, with some of these big yak plays and those were just unavailable in Denver last night
1: that's important for jimmy Garoppolo to have you know these big games is that everything is clicking and it's and, it, and it's starting to kind of make sense to me and and it, and it and i understand and I, I was still trying to kind of figure out where this Trey lance thing came from and it and it kind of makes sense to me. And you know, Dave, you said something there about with him being in the game, it gives you that little extra effort because he may make something ha- happen, like a Russell Wilson, you know, down the field with his legs or or or, or anything. <clears throat> but with Jimmy Garoppolo, you get kind of what you get. And you know, if you don't have a run game uh, and you can't get those yak yards, it's going to be tough, you know, for those explosive those explosive. Um, plays and moving the chains so now it, it kind of makes sense but Lance you know Lance is not not he won't be available for the for an entire uh football season so now you got Jimmy Garoppolo and what do you do with Jimmy Garoppolo is it a new playbook uh do you devise I mean do you you go out and find a, a running back that's like Elijah Mitchell uh someone can get quick to the outside I think Jeff Wilson's a nice running back but I think he's you know he's not the same as an Elijah Mitchell someone who can get out to the outside and, and just you know, one foot in the ground and downhill in those big gash yards. So, what do you do now? I mean, you know, I mean, you've dealt with Jimmy Garoppolo for you know whatever it is, four seasons. Um, how do you kind of alter the playbook so you make him, you know, be efficient in this offense and and be able to put points on the board? Because I think your defense is going to continue to play well as long as you can stay healthy. You lose a linebacker uh, last night, uh, and we know with the 49ers, you know, bodies drop for some reason. So you're gonna have to kind of face that at some point. But what do you do now? I mean, your defense is strong now. How do you get points on the board? How do you become more efficient? How do you get in rhythm? Uh, And you got the Rams coming into town and and now you got a tackle, your best tackles down. And and guess who's gonna be a defensive end a lot uh, come Monday night and it's number 99 because that's what they do. They put him against the weakest link. And it's not McGlinchey now. It's going to be probably Co- uh, McKivitz on that on that side, that blind side. So what do you do now? So now we're going to see how creative Cal Shannon can be, and how you know this coaching staff. How do you adjust now? And it's going to be interesting to see.
2: Well, the 49ers' highest graded player yesterday didn't allow any pressures. Is the one that they lost, Trent Williams. That that just yeah. underscores how brutal not only that game, that particular play was. So. Yeah, when we talk about the need to find rhythm, we talk about the need to turn the corner. Well, now they have to do it without the guy that George Kittle calls the best player in the NFL and Trent Williams. But, you know, the pressure numbers are out. I'm just looking at them right now. McGlinchey gave up three pressures. Not good yesterday. Burford, three. Denver, at the start of that game, was just picking on the right side of the 49ers offensive line. They lined up Bradley Chubb. Uh, and Randy Gregory. They stacked them up on the right side, and they just went after Burford and McGlinchey. Uh, got, got some big sacks. And then another huge sack. It came after a first down in the second half was after uh, the Trent Williams injury. Gregory just blew by um, Jalen Moore on the left side. Then they benched Jalen Moore and put Colton McKibbitts in. So the the Broncos saw that they had an advantage against anybody not named Trent Williams at the tackle spots, and they went after it. And it paid off for them in yesterday's game. And, you know, we talk about the pass protection. The 49ers are going to have to have it. They're going to have to find a way to scrap and claw and uh, beat Aaron Donald or at least hold Aaron Donald and company off enough times to to let this offense, you know, enter that rhythm because that's the only way that this is going to work for this team. And, again, the bar is not that high to clear. And we should probably talk a little bit more about how good the 49ers' defense was for the vast – Majority of this game. And hey, even on the drive where Denver scored 12 plays, 80 yards, the touchdown there for Melvin Gordon, at some point you have to tip your cap to Russell Wilson. And, you know, I think a great example of having to tip your cap to that offense was the the throw to Cortland Sutton back shoulder throw. Charverius Ward is playing like a big money cornerback. I mean, he wasn't letting anything easy by him. But the one big play to get the Broncos right there into scoring range was a back shoulder throw from Wilson to Sutton that, to me, was unguardable. It was perfectly placed. The, the The cohesion between quarterback and receiver was exactly what you needed it to be. Charverius Ward, you know, gets the statistical blame for it, right? When you look to see what he gave up yesterday, that's going to be on the sheet. But it's hard for me to think that any cornerback quarter, uh, in the league is defending that play properly, Matt. So, uh, I mean, he defended it properly, is defending that play successfully. And the 49ers defense, I thought, you know, left it all out there. They were out there for too many plays. And Russell Wilson capitalized on the opportunities by, you know, pulling some greatness out of his hat. But that's what Russell Wilson does. That That shouldn't discount from how good this 49ers defense is. And in, in the larger picture, I think that's important to note because this 49ers defense as well as it played with Hufanga and Drake Jackson picking up his first sack, Nick Bosa picking up his fourth, uh that's something that the 49ers can hang their hat on moving forward and that allows them uh some room to allow this offense to get better.
3: Yeah, I thought uh, Drake Jackson jumped out. He doesn't he doesn't get a lot of snaps, uh but when he's in there, he's he's around the ball and that's what we were seeing in the in the preseason and I like to see that kind of carry over into the regular season as well. He got his first sack. He was in on a, a quarterback hit of uh, Wilson. Um, he's never too far out of the play, uh, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about. His just his uh, otherworldly flexibility He's able to change directions and uh, redirect uh, very quickly. So he played well. I thought Kerry Hyder played well. Um, and, you know, the, the, the whole um, philosophy of sending wave after wave of defensive line crews in there, um, you know, that, that paid off at that altitude. 70 snaps, David was talking about, just how many offensive snaps the, 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 the Broncos ran, and, and the 49ers kept up with it as best as they could. So, yeah, I mean, if you can hold Russell Wilson to one magical drive, and he had that. Yeah, uh, the nice the nice throw that David was describing. He had two escapes on that same drive, including one where, boy, it looked like uh, Javon Kinlaw had him in his grasp, and then uh, Russell Wilson did the thing where he uh, he turns into a rabbit and scampers away, and then found uh, a receiver down. I think it was a 26 yard gain. Um, that to me was uh, when I said, okay, this is uh, this is the guy that uh, we used to see in Seattle. He's back and. Um, that was the that was the drive that put him ahead so um again i mean you weren't going to uh, hold him uh, out of the end zone all game especially with all those plays at that altitude etc cetera, etc cetera. um just a terrific effort uh Dennis what did you see from the defensive line and uh were there any guys that caught your eye i was a
1: little nervous i gotta say when when they said that uh eric armstead was not going to play in this game he went out and tried to run around and i guess his foot was really bad uh but steps in kevin Givens, and you know he's a guy coming off the bench that's always played really well and i think you know there were some times in there that the middle was a little soft and um the broncos took advantage of it but you know for the most part i think kevin Givens played well and he's always played well there in the middle. He's up, he ends up with a sack. You know, I saw even one time, you know, Javon Kinlaw was standing up a two-point stance rushing over the center, which is, you know, wh- which is which is weird for a guy who is big as he is. But I think up front, and then Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa. I mean, he's going to go 100% all the time, and he gets another sack. And I think he's going to he's going to beat that, that uh, single-season sack record with ease this season. I think he'll do it early. Um, but the D line, the D line is a D line. I mean, they're good. They're deep. Uh, you know, I'm sure they were getting tired out there after a while. But, you know, it's it's a good defensive front. And, and they rush Russell Wilson well. And Russell Wilson hates to be in the pocket. I mean, we always talk about pocket passers. If he's in the pocket, you can get at him. I, remember one, I can remember one play, Kevin Givens, he was working on a stunt. And he ended up outside. And he just kept working, kept working. The inside push was good. Nick Bosa had the other side kind of locked down. Russell Wilson had nowhere to go, and he can't see in the pocket because the cat is so small. And if you just keep working, you can get after him. And Kevin Givens got that sack then. So, you know, the the D line is is is, is the work. You know, they do all the heavy lifting, and we always have done the heavy lifting for 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 teams. And they they show up every week. And I just hope they can continue to play at the level they're playing. Hope Eric Armstead. I do think Eric Armstead was missed um out there last night but I hope he can get back he can get back in a rotation and and I'm still hoping that my man Kinlaw can play a little bit lower a couple times he was driven off the ball because he was standing straight up but I'm still watching uh Javon Kinlaw every single defensive snap the 49ers racked up 24 pressures total that it's hard to lose when you
2: rack up 24 pressures and four sacks they had four Four sacks with like 10 minutes to go in the third quarter Seattle started running a lot of max protect. They were they were doing whatever they could to, to keep Russell Wilson clean. He got away from Bosa on one of those to throw the ball away. I mean, Russell did some impressive stuff last night just to to, to keep that from becoming a total bloodbath. I mean, yes, nine-three and outs, which is what Denver had, that that does sound like a bloodbath. But again, I, I think the Broncos understood their their limitations offensively against a, a 49ers defense that was better than their offense, and they said, hey, Let's just not turn the ball over, and let's hold serve, and let's let the 49ers make all the mistakes offensively, and that that that's what happened, right? Like, the 49ers uh, turned it over four times if you include that safety uh, as a turnover, and Denver, let, let's say this too, Denver did uh, almost lose the game on a fumble. Charverius Ward punched the ball out inside the Denver 5 from Melvin Gordon, and to me, that's the biggest play of this football game is Russell Wilson recovering that fumble. If Russell doesn't jump on that fumble, I could say with near certainty that the 49ers win this football game because they have the ball at the Denver two. points are coming at a premium. Just a field goal would have made the difference. They probably score a touchdown coming off a fumble like that. And the fact that Denver is able to avoid that giveaway and. There were like three straight plays there where they were close to being turnovers. Like there were tip balls and the 49ers couldn't get it. And you just felt that the 49ers were going to get one of those turnovers, but they never got it yesterday, Matt. And Fred Warner was blaming the defense for it. But sometimes you just have to say, hey, you know, the ball didn't, didn't roll our way. And Russell Wilson recovering that fumble, that was a huge play. You credit Wilson for the awareness. But, boy, if that goes in the other direction, if that bounces funny and the 49ers get it, this is a whole different football game different result, I guess I should say.
3: Yeah, I count three uh, instances where the, the Broncos had the ball on the ground and they got it back all three times. Uh, that, that's just bad luck at some point. And uh, on that play that you're referring to on the, on the TV version, you see D'Amico Ryans jumping up in the air, like thinking exactly what you were. Like, this is, this is the play. This is the play that breaks the game wide open, and they just didn't get it. And, um, you know, if you... Uh, uh, are looking for a flaw in this defense over these first three games, and you have to look very hard for it. But uh, they haven't forced a lot of takeaways. Um, they've got two, I think, uh, an, an interception against the the uh, the Bears, and then one against the Seahawks. And this was the team that was getting them in droves in in, uh, in training camp, and uh, I know that the defense thought that uh, the the takeaways were going to really proliferate this this season. Not quite so much over, over the first three games. <laughs> it's looking like those those training camp takeaways were more in relation to how bad the offense is than, than anything else. Uh, so, um, but, uh, again, uh, a lot of it boils down to luck. Uh, I did think that the 49ers got lucky sometimes. Uh, there was a, a late hit out of bounds on Emmanuel Mosley. I think uh, some... Cruz would have called that. This one didn't. They got away with one there. Nick Bosa definitely tripped uh, Russell Wilson, even though he said afterwards he didn't do it. It was uh, obvious as day when it happened, and they uh, picked up that flag as well. So, um, you know, they got away with a couple in this game, but uh, overall uh, they were not lucky in the uh, turnover department, and that proved to be the difference.
1: Yeah, and like you said, Fred Warner, you know, made he talked about it in 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 the post game. He said it's it's our fault because we got to we got to. You can shut a football team out, but if you don't get any takeaways, you know, it, it you're not helping it at all. So take take the blame. Yeah, take the blame. But nine points still nine points is pretty damn good uh, in the NFL to to shut out a team or shut a team out to nine points. Um, the defense is good. I mean, even the secondary, I mean, there were some, there were some, I mean, they still, and Hufanga, I don't know what this guy takes before the football game. (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw that, that play where it was a draw. Oh yeah, blew it up. Just, oh my, he blew, he didn't only blow it up. I mean, he was able, he was heading straight to Russell Wilson, like he was going to be a blindside shot. And then all of a sudden you can see, he sees the handoff and he's able to maneuver his body And take on the running back, and boom, blows the whole thing up. I mean, he's playing at a at a way different level. I mean, he's at a super high level, and I don't know if that's something teams are going to start using against this defense to try to, you know, get some blown coverages, or you know, get them confused, or or do some fakes, or bait them. But he is, I mean, he is playing in the backfield. I don't know if these are actual plays, or is he just kind of doing what he kind of wants to do is he if is he just instinctively you know i get the film studying the formations but he's got to be taking some chances there because he's coming full speed he's making the plays now and and it's it's kind of cool to watch him because he just runs around and makes makes football plays and uh but you know with 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 that type of attitude playing with your with your hair on fire i mean that's what makes a great defense and and I Still, I'll say these last three weeks, it's been great watching it because I love good defensive football. And last night was good defensive football on both sides of the ball. He always talks about Paul Amalu, working with Troy Paul Amalu, uh, when, when I ask him about
2: those plays because we see him every week, right? There, there seems yeah. to be something where he takes the chance, but it's not – you know, doesn't seem like a bad idea when when the, we don't see downside on the uh, on the other end. Right. It's not like we're seeing him getting burned on the other end. Uh, the closest thing to it might have been the Dante Pettis touchdown in Chicago, but even Dante Pettis said that he wasn't in the correct position on that play. So yeah. you know, I, I chalk that up to to as more of a, 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 of a fluke. Uh, uh, most of the time, it's like telling Hufanga is taking these calculated shots and and they're paying off right and i think you have to credit a combination of instinct and he's you know really honed that with polo malu in the off seasons and uh film study and those two go hand in hand and i think he recognized something about denver's formation and it gave him a lot of conviction and a lot of confidence to crash into the backfield but you know we talk about Hufanga, we talk about Charvarius Ward Mosley made some plays. The linebackers made some plays. Warner, Fred Warner was their tackle leader yesterday. Defensive line rotating. The I mean those guys were getting after it. It's a good 49ers defense, and it's something that could still carry them a long way in this season. Because you know we were talking about it. We're like, oh, Russell Wilson's going to take all those boos personally. This Denver offense is going to go out, and you know they're going to score 20 or even 30 plus, and the 49ers are going to have to win a a shootout. And 49ers defense said no. Nine three and outs, nine three and outs against a, a Russell Wilson offense as Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and a good pass-protecting offensive line. Those guys those guys are no chumps up front. Those, those guys can, can pass block, and the 49ers, I think, just overwhelmed them. So there, there is a basis here for the 49ers to move forward, and it's just support that defense with a competent offense, situationally especially, just situationally set them up, you know don't let denver or don't let any opposing team have over 34 minutes of possession and 70 plays that's what you have to do and you know matt i thought the the telling quote after the game uh somebody asked george Kittle, what do you tell the defense after this game you know do you apologize to him what do you do and george said just we tell him just please keep it up because if if you keep it up and the offense just does a little bit doesn't have to do too much this could be a really, really good football team. And this is a long season, so the offense does have some time to, to, to round in the form.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about the sort of the, the three tent poles that were going to support the 49ers this season, which was defense, special teams, and uh, a robust running game. And um, two out of three of them, again, showed up. Um, and, and the running game was almost there. I mean, uh, you, know, you, you look at these averages. I mean, Jeff Wilson over uh, six yards a carry. Um, that 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 should be enough, uh, you would think. They just didn't get anything extra beyond that. They didn't get the obviously the, the Trey Lance uh, runs uh, like uh, like they thought they would when the season began. They didn't get anything from Debo Samuel in this game. Um, and uh, again, I think you have to credit Denver's defense to that. But going back to what we were just talking about about safety, I mean, three weeks ago, we were wondering whether safety was going to be, the weak spot on, on this team, on this defense. Uh, no Jimmy Ward for at least the first four games. Talanoa Hufanga, wow, this is his first year as the uh, the full-time starter. How is he going to do? And really, that that duo has been good. I mean, I think we don't talk a lot about Gibson. I think that's a, a good thing. Um, you know, the, the reason why Hufanga is able to make so many plays around the line of scrimmage is because Gibson is back. Um, and he's a veteran, and he's smart, and there are not uh, any broken plays or not very many broken plays, and I think we have to kind of uh, acknowledge that that he's having a a heck of a start to the season, too. Um, And I think with with Gibson, I mean, with uh, Hufanga, the the big critique is his speed, but, boy, he looks like he's the fastest guy out there. And uh, I I think the reason is that he's always, like, uh, on, on some of those plays in the backfield, he was moving towards the line of scrimmage before the ball snap, uh, and that's that's both instinct and it's film study. And um, he's just uh, he's just a terrific player. And, and uh, again, he's 22 years old, and he's playing like he's been in the league for eight seasons. He looks he looks and he plays like uh, Troy Polamalu, um, and uh, I think that's uh, the ultimate compliment.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I I didn't know that, you know, that was, you know, kind of who he kind of works out with or he trains with. But that's exactly what he looks like. And, you know, the big the big down was that he, he wasn't fast, but he's got some serious football speed and he's got some some great instincts. So hopefully he can keep that up. And like I said, guys like that, I mean, you just energize the entire defense when you when you have guys coming off the corner making big plays or. You know, just just running around, the energy level just goes up. And this defense, I mean, they have they have the opportunity to be, you know, what a, a really special group of guys. I mean, if they can continue to play the way they're playing, lights out every single week.
2: All right, I think we covered it all. Uh, besides the fact that Mitch Wisnowski did a really good job. New contract, he was punting well, pinning Denver inside their five. I thought, you know, one big play, we talk about the defense, this defense, that, that, that there was a two-play dichotomy that, to me, might have also won this game for Denver. This is just my final thought. Both teams were pinned up against their goal line there. Uh, pretty close to, to, to each other, right, at, at one point of the game. 49ers, one, ended with a safety. Remember what happened to play before the safety, though? Jeff Wilson got stonewalled on the run, so they couldn't buy any more room on on first down. So that set up the, the second down pass. The 49ers had a similar opportunity after pinning Denver deep when Womack and Tabor Pepper kept the ball out of the end zone prevented it from being a touchback and they blew their opportunity because i think it was javante williams i don't think it was melvin gordon ran on first down and emmanuel mosley crashed and was in position to make the stop and he just threw his shoulder at him and he didn't wrap up and williams ran through it and it was like a six or seven yard gain boom second down for the broncos is at the seven not at the one Obviously, the 49ers didn't get a safety. Denver actually drove pretty far down the field. Uh, they didn't score, but they drove there. So to me, that's like a two-play dichotomy where the 49ers didn't make that run stuff that they could have made that, that Denver did. And and obviously, in a game that you lose by one, stuff like this matters. You remember what I'm talking about, Matt?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And mostly had a couple of those in Chicago as well where he, he's supposed to crash in from the corner um, and he does the old shoulder tackle thing. Um, it, it doesn't wrap up and uh, yeah that, that proved costly in Chicago and it proved costly last night. Um, I, I know you don't rely on your cornerbacks to be your best tacklers, but uh, those are, those are yards that looking back on it, you you wish you had back.
1: Yeah, that was tough. yeah and you know DB should tackle. I you mean, know, I don't understand where it went away that DBs don't want to tackle anymore. And I remember that play. And I don't know if that was a drive that they actually drove all the way down the field and put points on the board, but no, they didn't. I I they remember a, pin
3: though. Yeah.
1: Again, that was just ball possession too. That was more time to defense spinning on the field You have an opportunity it, to get it. off the field. You gotta that get off it. the fo- you gotta get off the football field. So yeah, that was a big part. It's
2: death by a thousand
1: paper cuts and,
2: and that allowed them to to inflict more paper cuts against the 49ers, right? Yeah. And then so even though they don't score on that drive, that's part of the, the total that, that gets them to 70 plays that's it adds more and more pressure to the dam and then the dam finally ruptures at the end of the game so you can you know indirectly look at that drive and say hey this was Denver building up that pressure building up that pressure and then the 49ers couldn't hold it anymore later in that game um so yeah and and that was preceded by the 49ers punting when I thought they shouldn't have punted I thought Shanahan should have gone for it but uh, he, he has typically been more the, one of the more risk-averse coaches in the league in, in that regard, so we could debate that at a later time. Anyway, uh, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll be back in a few days with another episode of Here's the Catch.